What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Coach Lee. It's Friday. You know what we do on Fridays? Another bad A interview for you. Man, know about y'all? Even though my Cowboys getting beat down right now, it's still good because we're here kicking with y'all this lovely Friday night. So as always, I'm going to bring my boy on because, you know, he behind the scenes, but he also the take charge personality. What's up, man? Hey, 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 man. You know, look, I am enjoying, I think this is day eight of this 30-day hiatus. Well, ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, welcome back. Like, you've been gone. Like, you was out there in Vegas. Must be nice. Man, man, it was real nice, dog. Wasn't no big old crowds. <laughs> <laughs> Came and went as I pleased. Found a couple of spots. Stuff wasn't too expensive, but all good. Got the walking board turned that big 2-1, so it was great, Shout out to him. Shout out to him. But man, look, we got a fire interview tonight, man. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, he's from the Houston area. This is Brandon Johnson, man. And he got uh, he got a story. But before we get on, you know, before we get that going, let's just see if we can. You know, I still believe, still believe it. Cause every night I go to sleep, go to sleep, I can see it like a movie in my dreams. Putting my face in the dirt on the ground, still I raise up to take back the crown. Yes, you can break my body, but you can't lock your yeah. soul up oh. and down. Follow your dreams, not your addictions. How we gon' follow our dreams locked in a prison? They try to swallow me whole, God be my witness. To pry me out of my dreams, but I'm relentless. Man, man, that's my uh, start giving me goosebumps, man. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, man. Look, we're gonna bring the man, the myth, the legend, man, the conqueror, Brandon, the basketball speaker, Johnson. On, thanks for hanging out what's with up, us, man. How's it going? What's up, baby? What's, what's up? up? Baby? Glad to have you, man. Man, I appreciate y'all having me, man. I just want to say it look amazing. Two young black brothers doing something amazing like this, man. So I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, hey, man, say that again for the people in the I back. You know what I'm be the most handsome guy on here. I just, I'm going to throw that out there, man. You, <laughs> you, if any lady tuning in, man, it's all about you, bro. <laughs> nah, man. No, I just wanted to say, man, like I say, is to see you guys. Young black men doing something amazing, giving us a platform to share our testimonies, man. 
and uh, trying to reach back, man, and help out, man. Uh, you guys' platform is an amazing thing for us, man. And uh, anybody that's trying to do something, man, I'm make sure I should shout you guys out, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. hey, hey, hanging out. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Hey, fam. And it says, uh, finally getting to catch an episode. Hey, definitely appreciate you for hanging out with us. And this oh, is man. one that you're going to want to uh, tune into. So where you, uh, where you hanging out with us at, man? Like, where you, uh, man, where you I'm, at? I'm, I'm in Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, I'm rapping to the fullest, man. Excuse me. You know, Drake Drake put his own together, man. So it's a Houston, Canada thing. But, yeah, I'm in Houston, man. Uh, the weather's okay. It's not the best. But, you know, it's, it's getting kind of San Diego and shit here. So I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. What you, guys, what you guys got going, man? How you guys feeling out there? Oh man, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not in the town of swinging and banging, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the town of <laughs> and I'm out here in uh, Dallas, man. But you know, it's uh Friday, got a good interview uh it's in the work. So exactly. you know what I'm saying? We ain't got nothing to do, just yes, change sir. lives, man. That's all. Facts, facts, facts. So well, uh oh, there's somebody trying to recruit you. Come to Dallas. Oh man, come on, man. Come on. Dallas, Dallas cool. I love Dallas. I'm gonna be honest with you. If I could if if I'm just saying, if I ain't have my babies, I'll be in Cali. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> if I went to Cali, I'll pull up on Dallas, man. Dallas always show love, man. I actually worked out with some of the teams there, so it was love, Dallas, man. I got a lot of family from East Texas, so they from East Texas, Athens, they go straight to Dallas most of the time. So, nice. Okay, so you're from all over, huh? Up, up, yeah. south, up north, down south, west coast, east coast. Yeah, but you know, it's a, it's only one home though. <laughs> it's yeah, true. I I've been God has blessed me and gave me opportunity to travel a lot of places, but. Houston's home, man. ain't nothing like it, man. Yes, All right, so what was your most, uh, you know, what was the most favorite place that you traveled? Because you've been a lot of places. Man, honestly, Croatia. Croatia. Croatia is, uh, man, it's, it's, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, I actually cursed my agent out, man. I was like, why would you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I traveled a lot of places, and Croatia just gave me a whole different vibe. But you want to go where you love. And I had an amazing season in Croatia. And then uh, the coach, from the coach to the players, from the fans, I was actually the first American there. So, in a sense, man, I gave a lot of people opportunity. It was kind of like, hey, if you don't do good, we're not bringing Americans back. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll give you a pressure response. Cool Cut and all those. That's where they from. Split. Mm. Play Croatia. All the kids that played for Chicago and all them, the Bulls, they come. From, they they was running the the countries. Um, you know, they almost beat the USA team. Yes, yep. sir. Yeah, so that's where they all from. That's where I was playing at. That's where I played. Uh, at. Okay, so you got game game. No, man, I just train. I, I give a lot of effort, man. That's one thing I know I can control. It's a lot of people with talent, but man, they don't give all the effort. You know, I think Thanks. that's what separates it. You know, some people just give more effort. And um, that's something you can't teach, you know. Agree, agree. So you know, one thing, uh, you know, you've played some basketball. What did you play your uh, basketball? You played in local high school in Houston. Yeah, man, I went to Rilla Ridge High School, baby. You know, home of TJ Ford, <laughs> Daniel Ewan, Ivy McFarland, man, legendary. You know, shouts out to the home team, man. Um, they put on. They showed me the right way to do it. Um, I couldn't reach that level. Obviously, y'all know who TJ Ford is. At right, UP. right. And man, to see them live, man, it was motivation. Uh, it inspired me. Um, I watched them perform. They they had to buy a new gym in order to fill the seats. Yeah, man, they was wow. they was crazy. So I came up under there, man. Uh, Rilla Ridge High School. 
um, Coach Courtney and all those guys, man, they just showed me a different culture. Um, I never had really motivation to play basketball like that, just at a higher level. But when I saw them and and like I said, like I told you, when I was growing up, I played with Master P and I had it. Yeah. I'll just give you where it derived from, man. My older brothers played sports, but we was all kind of my, my mom's side was gangsters, you know, so I never really took hold to it like that. It was kind of like I want to do it, but I really don't know. And you're young. And, uh, man, I, I played with Master P that summer, man. I was in the gym. He said, you make these three shots, I'll put you on the team. He was in the wrong gym. His Amy, Miss Hogan, um, worked on the girls. She was the head coach of the girls' basketball team. So when he came in the gym, he went the wrong way. He walked in. This is how God worked. He walks in. He said, man, you make three shots, I'll put you on the team. Made three shots. Next thing I know, I'm traveling the whole country that summer, man, all everywhere. Wow. But that wow. seed that was planted – that my brothers in the older generation didn't get masterpiece should open my mind up something beyond Houston, you know, something beyond the ghetto, something beyond poverty. It was like this one. He was making him say, Oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about he walk in the gym. Ain't nobody it was tank dog. It was about 50 yeah. people in there. Yeah. That he had to know them. Tank on. Come on. Yeah. That's different. That's when he making not master P and I'm talking about with the tank. Shouts out to master P man. He just got the award at the BET awards too, man. So, um, but yeah, man, that man really, really put on for a lot of people throughout the city and helped a lot of the youth. And he don't know how much he changed my life, but that seed that was planted, man, just made me a little bit different than the kids that hadn't seen nothing. You get what I'm saying? Right. right. Wow. And I mean, you know, I've, you know, you know, you know, stranger to a hard time in poverty, like, cause you know, how, you know, you had some issues in high school, like you had uh, homelessness, like, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I would say this, um, I credit my father, my mom was going through her situation, um, which eliminated me and my brothers. We all had to separate. We had different fathers. So then I went to my dad, met my dad, uh, lived with him for a few years. And I just think uh, in the midst of what he was going through, as I got older, I understand the difference of the maturity of, man, it's hard enough to live your own life, let alone live with five other people. So when I got older, you know, I'm at peace with it now because I understand what you got to go through from an individual standpoint. But in the midst of it as a kid, you're not you, you feel like you're not important. You know, like I was doing a lot of different things and I wasn't getting the right uh, credit. I thought, you know, the right nurturing. My mom was a gangster, so I didn't really get that kid nurturing. So I grew up fast. My brother, my uncles, it was all tough. I was exposed to a lot. I knew a lot. Um, and with that being said, I if I when I bring up the later on in my life, you'll see why that recipe was needed. And God knew what he was doing in order for me to survive when I had to go through that recipe of my mom being a gangster. My dad was stern. But he was tough. You know, he was a man of his word. If he said no, it's no, though. But with that being said, he was so stubborn where he couldn't get past this new world. And with that being said, AAU and all them things start happening. I made a decision to go be great when I was 15. And my brothers and them made a different decision. I was mature enough that my dad kind of clashed me and my brothers together. So when they made a decision like, shit, this is it. I'm going to drop out. I'm just going to do whatever. He had me link in, even though he was going through his process. Man, I made the decision one night. Shit, hey, I'm gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, he was. They gave me an ultimatum, man. That was the last person that told me to give me an option. You know what I'm saying? So I stood on that, and then um, I don't even want to talk as if I I went and killed it. God just did his thing, you know. And I think um, I think which I bring up another point later. But good kids in bad situations, and I was a good kid in a bad situation. You know, I wasn't I wasn't causing chaos. I understood the fire was hot, but I never touched it. You get what I'm saying? I could have got out there to a certain extent, but basketball always was kind of bringing me back or God would bring me back to a routine. You know, he put certain people in my life. 
that was just amazing, man. And when I went through that 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 level of poverty, the level of sleeping in cars, when I was really homeless, not a place to sleep, you know, I think I think I've always been a positive person and kind of saw the best part in everything. And that allowed me to kind of look past like, man, look what I'm going through. And uh, like I say, shouts out to my AAU coaches, the, the the fathers. That's not that's not your biological, but they give you a opportunity. You know what I'm saying? That's why coaches are so instrumental in these kids life. You know, even though I was homeless, yeah, it, it was crazy because I remember my coach used to pick me up from random houses. And when we got older, he was like, man, I never knew he was going through all that. You know what I'm saying? But I was just always calling him, like, pick me up. I would try to make it a practice, you know, because that was my sanctuary. That was my home. So even though I was homeless, man, it was super dope just to just to keep pushing. I, I'm, all, I'm a competitor, man. And to complain about it, that just wasn't my thing. And I think that kept me in a in a good space, which God sent me another angel, my best friend, Milton, um, his grandma took me in, you know, she heard I wasn't going to school and all those things. And she gave me a chance to lay my head down at night. So, man, from there, you know, I got back to playing a game I love consistently. But didn't, but didn't that come with like a contingent? Because, I mean, you know, you wasn't on a straight and narrow. I mean, yeah, in the nah, I mean, you know, because you may have had a good heart, but once yeah. you're in the lineup, you're in the lineup. You know, once yeah, you yeah, now I was in the lineup. I, yeah, I jumped out there, man, and uh, put my hands to some things um, from from selling dope to to the fights to the you know hanging around the gangsters, man. I, I jumped out there. You know, I moved fast, and and I'm a person with no fear. You can smell that on a person when he's not overthinking. Man, I'm I'm not worried about nothing. And I know the difference between somebody that's living for something and somebody that's not living. And during that time, I wasn't living for nothing. I didn't have college on my mind. I didn't have anything. On my mind, it just felt like, you know, what I was saying, I felt like the world had just, you know what I'm saying, changed on me. And, you know, I'm living in a city where my dad, my and then what's crazy, my brothers were still going to the school. I would come to the games and uh, see my dad in them, you know, like, yo, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's it was a weird situation because I was on varsity and my brothers was on junior varsity. And I was a freshman, you know, so it was even that where my brothers and them kind of felt some kind of way too. But, you know, overall, man, it was, it was, it was an experience of – Man, I'll tell you the coolest moment. I tell everybody this is kind of how my my t-shirt line, man, my apparel line got started because um, so when I was homeless, my coach wanted me to dress up for for the game. You know how you dress up for the game, and I didn't want the embarrassment of saying, "Man, I ain't got the clothes," because uh, everybody else think I'm cool. I got a poker face. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, right, right. It's who you are at the schoolhouse, but when you go home, you don't know if they beating you up or what. So when I'm at school, I got a poker face. I'm smiling. I'm always upbeat. I got good energy, and you wouldn't know what I was going through. So the principal saw me in the stands. She know I care about ball. She's like, why are you not playing? I didn't elaborate to her. So check this out. This is how God works, and this is why there's no script and why blessings. I'll explain why I think blessings are blessings, because I get back to the school the next day. She calls me to the front office. I'm thinking I'm in trouble. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get to the front office and man, she calls her husband to pick me up. Her husband picks me up. He takes me to men's warehouse, buy me like 10 outfits. The next day, man, the wow. next day, I'm, I'm shocked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it's you know, it's and, and I identify that with blessings because a lot of people think blessings is a physical thing. If I give you $500, everybody can do that. But it's the ones you can't account for, the ones you can't calculate when I feel like it's connected to God. You know what I'm saying? And that's a blessing. If I give you $100, a kid could do that if he go hustle. You get what I'm saying? But a blessing is something. If I walked up to you right now outside your house and give you a, a car, that's a different. It's something that you need. You get what I'm saying? That woman didn't have to do that for me. So it changed my mindset. And after a while, I take completely 
what God gives me from an experience standpoint. Like, I'm not about to be confused the next moment something bad happened. Oh, God ain't with me. I'm not that person. I take right. what he do and I'm watching it. So from then, I'm like, man, I'm kind of favored. It was a lot of moments oh. that started happening just because my heart's in the right place. I'm doing wrong, but I, I read something where if you're not conscious of your mistake, you're not held accountable. You know what I'm saying? So I'm moving at a pace, but I'm not knowing that this is wrong. I know a little bit, but come on, it's kind of, I'll break this down. It's kind of like you can cheat your whole high school career, have all these women. Somehow about 25, you become conscious like this shit wrong. She crying. And you know, and now you feel it, but don't, it, don't you don't feel nothing in high school, huh? Or in your early years, everything seemed okay. Cheating on women, multiple women, nobody cares. And it seemed like you're not doing wrong. But then you get 25 and you got one girl. You had 50 in high school, but you got one girl you might cheat on. And it hits you like because your conscience, that shit's wrong. You get what I'm saying? Right. And it's just it's just different. It's just But like I say, man, high school was, it was competitive. Uh, the adversity I went through to continue to go to school, to continue to try to do something with my life. I think that was the, the, the most competitive part. And plus the homies knew I was all in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you, know today, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Ooh. But sometimes I had to get out there and fight with the homies. You know what I'm saying? You got and to. That's top, what the black top fuck. Man, so, uh, you know shout out to our uh, viewer right now. Uh, we got to know who you are. Hit the link so we can know who you are. So uh, we got, that's what walking angels do. Hmm. That's what yeah. I call people who truly have an amazing heart. Man, that's a blessing. <laughs> and, yeah. and, okay. And on that note, how do you protect and how did you protect your amazing heart being in the lion's den like that? Oh, man. I, I, I don't want to take credit for it, man. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. It's it. And, and I'm big on my spiritual because I know, man, I walked this journey and like I say, some shit just blatant. Like, oh, that shit ain't got nothing to do with me. And I and I get it. And I know it. Like, for, right. for me to be able to get there, man, I took the SAT. I never studied one time, right? This is how, this is how much God had a plan. Because I never studied one, not looked at one piece of paper. I took that. I went to all my college visits. And they was like, well, what's your scores? And I never even thought about doing the SAT. And I get back and my coach said, man, you got to take the SAT. I take the SAT. I go, I take the SAT on my birthday. I walk in and tell the teacher, I'm past this. I, I was born to take the SAT. <laughs> so I walk in, man, and I don't remember. I couldn't tell you what I wrote on that test, man. She sent me in the back corner. I was thinking, cheap. Set me in the back corner. I'm like, oh man, I you know, I gotta I gotta put my Superman goggles on. You know? but I didn't even have the opportunity. So in my mind, I'm like, damn, you didn't even get to cheat. You know, like so I didn't even think about what was gonna happen. I get down some weeks later, my scores get online. I'm in my coach's office. I look online, he's like, BJ. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, because I don't even know what's a good score. Now I made a 1250 on that. <laughs> 1250. My coach got on the phone and called these coaches. They start flying in. Never took it. Never hey, took it one time. Shout so out to uh, Coach Hill, you know, with Waco Terry. He's uh, hanging out with us. What up, big homie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, moments like that solidifies like, man, this is bigger than me. And I tell everybody, I don't even know what I'm doing yet because the plan he got for me, man, has been, you know, I don't question it. You know, if you believe in God and think life is already planned, then what? You know what I'm saying? So let's get to it right now. So you know, you got it all wound up. So yeah. you know, so you uh San Diego State basketball player. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, University of San Diego. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, is there a difference? Yeah, so, you, got, you got state with Kawhi, and then you got University of San Diego. So I'm gonna say this: this is as simple as this. You got state with black people, <laughs> you got <laughs> University of San Diego with white people. That 1250 
got me into the universe. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not giving up for. We're not giving up for. <laughs> so, so San Diego State jumping, but this is how dumbfounded I am. I don't know that you know, University of San Diego is a private school. You know, I'm thinking it's about to be some work on the campus, party. It's a Catholic school and private. There's nothing going on. I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? But state is across the street. That's our rival school. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. So state got that's the uh Fab Five, uh Coach Fisher. They had Kyle Spain, they had Marcus Slaughter, they had Brandon Heat, they had uh uh they they were stacked. Richie Williams, they had. So when I got there, that was the first time they ever beat them, man. So when I we had a fight with them when I got there in the summer, you know, they handling the other kids. I'm like, nah, this shit new. <laughs> hey, hey, dang, how it's going? Check the ball. You're not making calls and getting it. Nah, we about to argue this. But the other kids was like, yeah, yeah, that's travel. It, it ain't travel, but like, just give it to them. No, all right. I changed that's nice the whole campus thing. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. University of San Diego. So you know why I signed? Come on, man. I played 60 minutes. The coach already finessed me. I'm like, nah, this is just beautiful. And I just felt like I'll be able to do what I want from a basketball standpoint by the time I'm finished, you know. And I wanted to be a true freshman. I wanted to play. And you and somebody told me something, man, go where you love. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these kids make decisions on fascinations because somebody else built the program or somebody else went there. I made my decision like, yo, I want to build my own, you know, and I had Mississippi State, Illinois, A&M, and I chose University of San Diego. And uh, my coaches was mad because I played football, too. So everybody wanted me to play two sports. Jim Harbaugh was at University of San Diego. Yeah, for the 40 – what is he, 49ers or Ravens? Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, he went to Stanford. Then, yeah, he was the head coach. I was walking up campus, and the coach knew it. He said, man, I heard you play cornerback. I was a lockdown corner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's from there. He shut that down. Don't you wait, talk wait, 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 wait! You heard him? Look, look how, what he say? I'm a, I'm a lockdown corner. Yeah, man. He ain't just say I'm a corner. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to just, you know. But that was my love. That was like it was natural for me. Basketball, I had to train to be better. Football, man, I didn't, I didn't have to go to practice. If whoever the receiver was, I just lined up out there, man. I lined up out there and we went at it, but I didn't like coach made a deal with me. Like, listen, just stay in shape. And I get to practice. I just had to hold the best receiver. Martellus Bennett was the last guy I held like shut down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, he tell man, if he was on here right now, you know, now from a strength that that's a that's a grown man. He's doing some a lot of amazing things, man. You guys should check him out. He uh writing books for the youth. Yep. And uh, he's doing some amazing stuff, man. I saw his journey, and uh, he went to Ailey Taylor and everything, him and Fendi. And so it, it's just side notes. But, yeah, man, college, yeah. welcome. Culture shock. Yeah. yeah. University of San Diego, man, culture shock. Pure wow. culture shock. Yeah, so it was something. I had played in the band. You know, shout out to Grambling State University, marching band. You know, we played, you know what I'm saying? We played in San Diego. We played Winston-Salem, though. And, okay. Okay. you know, so we didn't get an opportunity to, you know, uh, tour anywhere, but the city was so cool. And I'm gonna tell you the craziest thing. You know, I grew up watching TV. Mm-hmm. I did not know Tijuana was so close to San Diego. Hey, I bringing up too much stuff. Let's do it. Hey, oh, you said no script, no script. That's no hey, script. Hey, hey, no script. I support it. <laughs> now now you're gonna see he be cheating. Y'all use the video to get me emotional. Now you're using my apparel against me. Okay, <laughs> uh, and uh, he'll want to is on the border, man. And when yeah. it was open, 
it was open, man. It was open because you can be five going to Tijuana and getting, you know, get right. <laughs> so when I got there, it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm all up. And then I'm going to tell you this. So University of San Diego is different. If I was with Stave, like 50 people go with me and feel safe. But I had a different smell on me. These are private school kids. So when I when I got to the school, everybody like, hey, BJ, he going to be the tour guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they felt comfortable, like they felt safe because they knew I was on that kick. Like, listen, I don't care who it is, it's going down. So, yeah. It had its privileges from that standpoint. My common sense was higher than a lot of people because of the private school environment they grew up. They just knew books, you know. So right. when I got there, man, it was the the coldest part of my story that kind of hardened my heart is um I get there and like I said, I was homeless. I get to college, man. I got two bags of clothes and um, I get off the plane. I'm never knowing how alone I am through this process. So I get to college. We get to a weekend. We stand in a condo with five of my teammates. They're all freshmen, newcomers. So we all getting to know each other. We stand. But all these kids come with their parents like in trailers. You know, they got TVs and all this shit. And my mind is so locked in on basketball. I'm not even knowing I need this. I'm not. Dude, I'm watching a movie thinking basketball season start when I get there. I'm not even knowing it's. You got to go through. A, you got to go get books. There was so many things. Live. Man, all I saw is he got game, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what my mind was like, yo, this is how it go. So the, the part that was crucial for me, man, was to see those kids interact with their families in their rooms. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting in my room. I put my clothes in the drawer and that's it. I don't have bed sheets. I'm just in there. You know, the coach walked by like, yo, is your family coming? I'm like, yeah, you know, like I don't want to be embarrassed again. And I'm like, yeah, but I watched these people, man. I grabbed my basketball and I went up to campus and dribbled, you know, because I didn't, I felt that was my first time feeling something. You know, I'm real, I'm real against emotions. You know, like I said, I grew up, I didn't really have that nurturing stage. So when that happened, I, it, it felt weird. I was just like, damn, are you crying? Are you about to cry? You know what I'm saying? So I, didn't, I never felt it. You know what I'm saying? So I just, it was just the fact of, man, these kids are with their parents. And you're not knowing you're 17 years old, how impactful that is. You know, I, I had to grow up so fast where I didn't feel it, but I felt it. And it was a weird, my body temperature changed. Like, damn. You know, I understand I'm, that. Because yeah. like August first, that's the official bang date to start a bang camp for Grammar State University. Yeah, yeah. and all so, the people are there. Exactly. So I graduated from John McDonald in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. my family, they didn't believe that I graduated from high school <laughs> until they dropped me off at Grammar State University. You're right here. You're right here. Right. So that's the whole ride. They be like, they be like, oh, don't make me come out, drive all this way out here, and have to take you your ass. <laughs> You so, selling drugs on campus? Exactly. You check my answer, man. He got kilos in the. In the- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> so, nah, man. So I, under, saying, I get you know, it. Grambling, uh, so I don't know if you know Dr. Thornton, but he was at Riller Ridge High School. We had like the number one band in the country for a long time, man. We was on like all these shows, Oprah and everything. So wow. the, a lot of our kids were so inspired. Like Grambling was like the extension. Like we go in there. Or I like this guy. No, wait, no, 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 it's Grambling. <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying like, but that no, was, this, this yeah. you know, the battle of the bands and all that, you know, TSU and all that stuff. So, Grambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grambling or Fisher. Okay, there we, there we go. There we go. There we go. There nah, we go. Nah, y'all are Fisher. I give you the credit. Man. But like, yeah, you know, definitely shout out to the HBCUs. It's all HBCU yeah. love. You know, yeah. that's yeah. all. Shout out to Chris Paul for putting on for everybody, too, man. He stayed wearing something remotely towards that. So, that was dope. Thanks. 
Facts, facts, facts. But so you know, you was up at uh, San Diego. So when did all the you know when did the bad stuff start happening? You know, the like, bad uh, stuff, man. So the bad stuff took place freshman year all the way. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and you know, like I said, man, it was just all different. Like I, I got older while I was there. My freshman year was growing pains, culture shock. Um, I was learning how to study. I realized the education difference between people having money and people being poor. I know the separation gap. I didn't understand it. So I fought my way with school. Um, I learned how to study. I picked up a lot um, from people around me. All these kids that grew up in private schools, they were so passionate about school. And I had already been exposed to life saying, you know, this shit ain't how this is going to go. I know it. And they're saying, no, my mom told me, though. You know, and I'm saying, yeah, I hear you. But, you know, and after a while, I started seeing it unfold. But by the time I became a junior, shit, I had to figure it out. I understood how to move in certain places and things like that. And then we went to the tournament, uh, beat UConn. Um, beat a couple big schools and all of a sudden I'm, I'm walking to the gym and I see NBA scouts. So shit start changing, man. I start seeing my life go to a whole nother level. Um, I, I became way more uh, mindful of my conversations, uh, my, my ability to articulate, my ability to connect. I became a chameleon. I was able to connect with so many different entities and things like that. So I grew, I matured and I learned a lot. And, my, and God blessed me with an amazing group of kids because I know I was dumb. And these kids never looked down on me. I know if I would have went to a black school, they would have looked down on my education. I just wasn't book smart. You know what I'm saying? But the, the kids that God blessed me with, man, shouts out to my teammates, man. They were just they 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 helped me in a sense. They didn't say they didn't look down. They understood and they were smart kids, but they understood like that's a nigga. You know what I'm saying? It's two different words. So sadly, I say that, but it's two different. I knew what I was. They understood what I was. I wasn't a black kid coming to the school. You can, you know what I'm saying? You can sense that difference. I understand. And they, and they, and they, and they understood that and they respected that, but they didn't look down upon me. They helped me through this process. When I said, man, I don't know how to do this. They didn't say, God damn, she said this, you know, they just really <laughs> set me down and taught me. And, and never showed any energy, and I'm thankful for that. You know what I'm saying? Because that would have that would have said I don't want to be here no more because I'm embarrassed again. You know, so by the time I was a junior man, I was at study hall. You know, I'm 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 right. You know, I was one of them eventually from a education standpoint, and I and I figured it out. And uh, like I said, man, by the time I was a junior, shit, anything about negativity about what I've been through, but I also had a blessing in 07, man. My son was born. And then my grandma died. So it was a tough. My sophomore year was tough to rewind because my son was born, which that was a blessing. But my grandma passed. And uh, that was the first lady when I was homeless, gave me a place to stay. And she took me in like I was one of her. So when she passed, that kind of threw my whole sophomore year off. Um, I was kind of depressed in a sense. Um, and then my junior year, man, I raised hell and I did it for them. You know what I'm saying? I had a I had a why. Yeah. A why it changes your play, playing field, you know. And that's why you see people write stuff on their shoes and because ain't nothing like playing with a why. You know, I talked to Eric Thomas and he always asked me, like, your why? Toby tells me, what's your why? You know, so um, that was my why during that point. And, um, man, senior year come, tear my Achilles. Changed the whole, changed my whole stock. You know, I had the NBA on my mind. I tear my Achilles, my sixth game of the year. And, um, man, it was tough. I had never been injured in my life. I get all the way up to the point where it's time to get the bag. And I get injured. I tell me, and Achilles, 
yeah, Achilles is the worst injury you can have. It took me about three years to get it back. But in the midst of that, I go through the whole situation. I get, I do my time. I do my rehab. When I get back two months before Stanford, I got bone spurs. Takes me right back down to ground, ground zero. And, uh, yeah, so I pushed through a full year. And that's when the whole issues start formulating. I wasn't confident. Insecurities, all those little things that played a part on my mental, it was breaking down because I didn't have family. When I come out of surgery, shit, I'm doing my re-therapy. You know, you want family by the bed, you know? I did did five years of college, not one visit. You know what I'm saying? So not one textbook, not anything. So when I'm going through these tough times, man, I make every decision for myself. You know what I'm saying? So um, that year was tough for me, which played a part on some of the decisions I made through that process. Um, to bring it up, I don't know if I want to get y'all the NBA side first or the higher, you know, how I had a backtrack. But that year, I just want to say that year kind of played a huge part on some of the decisions I made um, moving forward, you know. But college was amazing when I finished. Um, I got a lot of records, accomplished a lot. I graduated college, something they can't take away from me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I went hard, man. I competed. Um, and it was tough and I'm not, and sometimes I coach AAU right now, I look back and see these kids that's 18, 19, 20. And I'm thinking about when I was them and I see how much of a kid they are. And I never saw myself as a kid, you know, in San Diego, I was, I was living there. These kids was going to college. I was living there. I ain't got no home. So it was different. You know, I see these kids and then my mom's going to put a hundred dollars on my card. Shit. I got to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was just different. Why you ain't in class? Shit. Why ain't you eating? You know what I'm saying? Right. Ask me that. You ain't asked me why I ain't eat last night. I'm the, you know, when I when I got to that arena, I'm the richest man in the room. You know, even though everybody was rich around campus, these are millionaires. You know, they dads are billionaires. This is, that's why I'm saying USD and state is different. These kids are rich. You know, like they ain't driving nothing but the best, and they only getting wow. the best. So I'm a poor. I'm a poor, I'm a different poor. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, right. I'm pocketing money, sleeping on my teammates' couches. So. It was just different, and, and and when I speak on that, I'm speaking from a standpoint of the NCA not paying these players. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So a lot of things yep. can trans- transpire because of the lack of finances. You know, some of these kids you pull in that's amazing, even though they your mules. These kids, the bread one of the family, they got to go get the shit when the mama's hungry and the baby's hungry. You know, these parents are older, so they don't get dig into their lives, and they didn't dig into mine. You know what I'm saying? Understanding how homeless I was, understanding what I was really going through, understanding I'm a different, I'm a gangster on this campus. You know what I'm saying? I'm not no, I'm I'm different. These kids got their parents coming. I'm not man. You haven't paid attention. I ain't got one visit. You get what I'm saying? So right. it was just two different lives, and I don't think they understood that. If I can help, if I can mentor kids at school, I would say that. Like, dig into their world from that standpoint, because I'm going through hell. But when I get to this arena, that's all you're seeing. You get what I'm saying? I get to the arena, I'm selling the tickets out, which that was my place of, you know, sanctuary, because I knew they had to be there. No matter how much money y'all make, you coming to watch me. See you. Yeah, and that's when I was rich. But when I leave that campus, you know, when you go up and see your families, the players. So you got to think in five years, I saw 15 teammates each year. Everybody bringing their family. Every time I went up that stairs, it was like a <laughs> reality check. Like, damn, you really won deep. But um, from that standpoint, from life standpoint, it was tough. I had to live it. Basketball was amazing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that stayed the course. That's kind of how I always been. That's why I told you during that poverty, I, I, when I was homeless, I see it. I get it. Shit, basketball. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> was, gave so, everything I had to it. So it seemed like that was your outlet, basketball. You know, that was my life. <laughs> wow. 
And a lot of, you know, one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't get, especially in sports, that, you know, the difference is, you know, you know, let's say, you know, these white kids, they playing it as a recreational sport. But, you know, kids like you, you know, it's the life. This is what you're going to, you know, see your way out of this hood, this, you know, environment, this situation. Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. This is this is my lifeline. This is my lifeline. Anytime that got fucked up, I felt I went crazy because that was my that was my world. You know, that was the only thing that nobody could I could I could determine that I quit football because if I'm on this side of the field and that guy runs the touchdown over there, it's out of my control. But I, we all in trouble. I lose the money. I lose the contract. You know what I'm saying? Because my team is not recognized as a national team for being good because we got mishaps. Basketball, that's why LeBron James, you get one or two players, they can control their destiny. And that's how I looked at it. Also, basketball gave me clothes. I couldn't, I can't wear cleats in school, bro. So when you homeless and you looking at Ed, you you walk in and you know, if you walked in with that velour suit, you was nice back then. Now your daddy mad you ain't playing, he buy a team. You know, back then it was 10 teams. And if you nice, all 10 of them players going to the league. You know what I'm yep, saying? I'm yep, in yep. Atlanta Celtics back then. It was like 10 players and everybody's going to the league or going high D1. Ain't no one player good. And, man, it was like the league, man. It was like the league. I've seen everything. So, um, during that time, man, these kids are enjoying it. You know, I just – you know, I start hearing stories like I'd start trying to kick players off the team if they said, well, you know, I'm just here to get the, the education. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is – because this is my everything. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm saying everybody that's on this team got to be riding. Right. Shit. Wow. That's yeah. a whole new dynamic. So, you know, how did you feel, you know, once that came in jeopardy? You know, you had the injury that one time. Oh, then you had the uh, sports betting, you know, and you had the, you know, feds and all of that. Yeah. You know, so, so that year, um, like I said, I was so down on myself. Um, I saw everything flashing before my eyes when I'm becoming – I'm not who I was. So I graduate. Uh, God gave me an opportunity to play with the Phoenix Suns in the summer league. So from summer league, I go straight to the Wizards. Um, Dan Marley um, sent a message over. He liked me. Um, wow. You know, you got your guys that you like, uh, Gentry and them guys. They had uh, Reynolds. Remember Scotty Reynolds? Mm-hmm. Him from Villanova. And they had uh, Dowdell from Virginia Tech, which so in the Suns pro- process, it's like your first year, you start watching. Second year, you play. But see, for me, I was like, man, I, I'm on the clock. And then I was coming from the injury. I was just kind of getting back stronger. And uh, so I was dealing with that. So he liked my game in practice, but they had their guys that gave the minutes to. And next year was supposed to be mine. Send me over to the Wizards. I went up and down from uh, D-League, doing the time D-League and the Wizards. And uh, so I'm seeing John Wall, all these guys. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I feel better. Uh, I got an opportunity. I remember they started comparing my game to Chris Paul. I'm, you know, I'm excited. And, um, you know, I got the pressures of the family, you know, not knowing. I haven't spoke to my family like that, but not knowing. They waiting on me from my brothers to my family, you know. So, um i get home man uh in april i'm going to see my mom so i want to tell her the good news and uh man i, I 6 a.m i wake up in the morning the feds are at my door and uh from there it changed my life man changed my changed my whole the trajectory of what happened that day that morning all the way to the night man <laughs> changed my life 6 a.m in the morning the feds at the door i look out the peephole and you know, I'm thinking it's a, it's, it, it was like a movie. You know, I saw people surrounding the house. They probably had about 15 agents. And I got in about 4 a.m. that morning. Um, so they wow. had to be there. So through the case, I found out the phones was tapped. 
um that morning i watched my so me and my mom's uh got a weird connection we we better now but during that time i like i said i hadn't been home and the last time i saw my mom she was going through a situation where she had to leave and um to see me you know what i'm saying the the, the correlation with that you know um uh, to see me now i'm watching her on the floor watching me leave in federal with the feds in cuffs and uh, i'm riding with them and i'm i'm so calm because like i said i couldn't think of anything that i had done and uh, we're riding. They're talking to me. They start talking about San Diego a little bit, but I'm still not putting the guy. I'm just thinking they know I play ball. And uh, it's it, we was actually in Houston. We get off 290 and we go into the federal place like a bat cave. Right. And I'm like, damn, what's going on? So and, like, and I'm still cool. They good cop, bad cop kind of vibe. You know, they run my fingerprints and all this and they still won't tell me nothing. I'm drinking. I'm eating. I'm like, shit. <laughs> you, guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I don't really <laughs> Wait, like, you want autographs? Like, what y'all yeah, talking like, about? Like, you know, so right. this happened this morning. It's 6 a.m. in the morning. I just came from the wizard. So um, I'm oblivious to what's going on. So I'm sitting in sitting in the interrogation room. They said, when we get back there, we're going to let you know what's going on. So they said one. I sat across from them. They sit across from me. And, man, they reached over and played this tape recorder. Press play on it. Heard my voice. And from there, I knew. You know what I'm saying? I knew I knew it was, it was about to be get interesting. I just told them to stop the tape. And I tried to. You know, obviously, you're going to explain like, "Hey, that's not what you guys think." You know, my words are under Michael Michael's uh, magnifying glass at this point. Man, I sit in prison. I'm in prison by 8 p.m. that night with an orange jumpsuit on, and I started laughing because I'm like, you know, I'm looking at the walls like, like what happened? You know, like right. this got to be this got to be fake. Like somebody better pop out soon. <laughs> With balloons and shit, you know, like April Fools, you know, something. And uh, I had the orange jumpsuit on. I remember sitting on top of the bed and I was tucking the, the, the bed sheet over my clothes because I didn't like looking at the orange. And I remember like, man, just just started laughing like, what the fuck is going on? You get what I'm saying? So right. the next morning, man, this is when it just it was official. The next morning, the officer slide the paper under my door. It's a big picture of me on USA Today. Brandon Johnson, point J. Yeah, changed my life forever. I sat in solitary for seven days. Well, and so hold on. So normally, reality hits settles in with people in jail when they hit that when they eat that pepper salami sandwich. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, so I didn't even that first, my first initial. See, that was my that was the first initial pickup now i said in this case two and a half years trying to fight for my life now the day you talking about we gonna get to but that day <laughs> that day was that day was like i i walked out of there sitting them seven days in solitary with a stress patch like under my chin is because i was just you know it threw me off i remember the the officer coming by he don't know i'm going through hell he's like dude he's so excited i'm here he's like dude this shit crazy they cut barry bond shit off to show yours it's on espn and everything so and then I'm not knowing how serious I'm reading my life get torn away in them seven days. Come to solitary. And then I can't go in general population because I'm a, I'm a risk. You know what I'm saying? Somebody will make a name off of me or something like that. And um, yeah, it was it was just it was crazy, man. They, I had somebody have a standoff with the SWAT team in the case like the mafia was in my case. So it was, it was, it was just it was just it, the level just kept building. And every day it kept building, saying that, hey, you and some shit. <laughs> if I didn't say this goofy dude that came in this office that was so excited to explain how my life was getting torn apart. I was like, yo, guess what else happened today? It was like he would put a chair out the door and read my life away. You know, like, 
I'm like, dude, go get some sleep. Ain't somebody else hungry, bro? <laughs> but he was um he was excited at the same time. But uh for me, man, it was it was a tragic it was tragic. I got out and you know what I did? I went to the gym like everything was normal. Man, I walked in that gym because it was cameras and ABC and everybody at the house. So I went straight to the gym just to kind of try to get my mind when I got out. Man, them people thought it was a ghost walked in that gym like you know, ball wow. dropped and started rolling. Like, I'm not even knowing, like, is that my case was that broadcasted, you know? And uh, it changed my life, man. Changed my life. Wow. So, so what did it feel like? I mean, it had to be like a gut. It had to be a weird feeling reading and just hearing, you know, your life. You know, people making you out to be a bad person. Uh, man, it, you know what? I speak uh, to kids now about labels. And uh, if you're not your biggest fan, you got to be here because you're going to go through your adversity. And when I go online, man, and Google and see things that's saying, hey, I'm a minister to society if you Google me. You know, now I'm going to say this, all the positive things I have done and changed the narrative, you can't you can't type my name in and get that first. You get what I'm saying? Sadly, you know, and that's just the way of the world. But I've, I've changed the narrative. But at the end of the day, when you type my name in, it still says, I'll just say minister to society. It seemed like I was I had a goddamn... Uh, a gambling ring, a mafia ring. You know, it was just so many things that they said about me, man. It, it did play a part on on motivation. You know what I'm saying? It depends. <laughs> Two people in the room. You know, if I'm talking about a million dollars and somebody that want a million, they're going to hear it as, man, I'm about to go get it. And then you got the other person saying, you cocky. You talking, you belittling me. You know, it's two different people. And I'm a person that's hearing that them labels and them titles and all that. I'm saying success is the best revenge. And I and it motivated me, it, it, you know what I'm saying? So without saying, I'm not a person that's popped up. I talk now, <laughs> sadly. I, I didn't speak <laughs> to that case, you know what I'm saying? And right. it was just the fact that I just knew, I knew the weight that, I knew what I did in that case. Beyond what they're saying, beyond what they thought, and beyond all that, I, I understood that part. But I know my, I, I at this point especially, I know my story. You know, I know God had a plan for everything. But during the moment, man, to read that, and now I'm looking for, teammates that speaking coaches that speaking you know now i'm starting to search because i'm reading certain things mm -hmm. and one of the things that stuck out to me is one of my teammates said i'm gonna tell you this it's the only one that hurt me none of the other shit hurt me the only one that hurt me is when i read on my teammate and he said man how much of my career was real that's how it's wow. serious you saying for him to say that and i'm connected to them so that made me say man that's a lot of my teammates probably thought this shit was going on for so long and how much of their career was real. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's like personal, you know, that's a character. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's different when the people speak and they don't know. But when I, the person in that locker room, they making comments, somebody I went to war with, and you know how much I've given to this game. When they said, man, how much of my career was real, that impacted me, you know, that kind of, I took a blow for that. And uh, like I said, God sent angels, man. When I used to have them days when I'm getting down, man, it'll be a call that come. Hey, you might got a deal because I was still trying to play ball through that case, you know, and they took my contracts. They labeled me a flight risk. I couldn't leave. It was so many things. But um, what I can tell you, man, um, that gap that I had from my family and everybody that I thought I lost, man, God filled it. You know, that energy that I had, the negative energy that I felt them two and a half years, man, I got my son. You know, I wasn't able to be with my son every day. And them two and a half years, man, I was able to take him to school, uh, do a little cool thing, the birthday parties, all the shit that I wasn't going to sit down and do because I'm chasing this dream. So it was bigger things, man. And, and I knew the case held its way, but I knew it. You know, some people get caught up in the illusion. 
And the fact that I was able to get that, something that I left, and it was like God combined both worlds. The guy I was in California was BJ, and the kid I was in Houston was Brandon. I left there as a kid. I came back as a grown man. I didn't know how to combine it, and God allowed it, and you pray for it. But when it happens, it feels uncomfortable. But shit, when I was left, by the time I left Houston and went to prison, man, I was a different person because everybody had – I took this whole – this whole illusion I had up for them, you know, my family carrying the weight of I'm going to save the family and all this, you know, like it was so much on me. What I didn't even know it, you know, seeing my people in poverty and, you know, it was just it was just a lot of things. Yeah, but I got some blessings in it. Like I say, the biggest thing I got my son, man, we got a dope relationship. And um, and my mom's, you know, my dad, all that shit that I had on my shoulders, that peace that I found in the midst of that in the midst of that storm. Man, shh, this shit fun now. So what were so what is so people don't know what sports betting, point shaving, like what is it? You know, sports betting, gambling, man. It's controlling the outcome of the game. So it could be in various ways, but mostly people know like the spreads. So Vegas has spreads. Um, hey, you need to lose by six, or at halftime, you need to win by nine, or something like that. So it's it, it, it goes in various ways, man. But I try to break down. I speak at the universities and I break down to them like, man, point shaving is almost tipping. You guys are legal to bet on games at this point, right? If I was sitting here on here, it's like we were talking about a game coming up tomorrow, and I say I might not play. You go bet a hundred thousand on that game. I'm the best player. They probably playing a good team. If Coach K left Duke right now, and he's watching the game, and he knows this system. Which I'm telling you this because my coach, I had the guy that I got in the case with. He was my coach for two years. The, my fifth year, he wasn't a coach. They got fired after my sophomore year. The people say he's my coach because he coached me two years, you know. But after my fifth year, he was running clubs and doing things like that. So when that happened, um, they felt like I was tipping him. Um, that's how I became a conspiracy and I was bribed and all that kind of things. Um, what I'm saying to bring that up and point shaving, it comes in various ways. You could just say, hey, I'm not playing tonight. And that guy can you two go bet on that game because you got an insight or you got a tip in a sense. I'm the best player. You go bet on that game against San Diego State with Kawhi Leonard and I'm not playing. Shit. What's the <laughs> you got a tip that you're going to probably win. Now, now, if I'm on your phone talking like this. That's uh, that's you get what I'm saying. Wow. So that's a lot of things that transpire. That's so easy that you get wrapped up in it. I mean, that sounds just like it's 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 that easy. And kids don't know. And I try to elaborate to them. And when I'm speaking on those terms, so I try to connect with them. And I say, listen, it's also if that girl, that mafia guy seeing that girl over there to you and you like girls and she getting everything she need out of you and you vomiting at the mouth about what's going on in the in the locker room, what's going on. You know, you're more receptive to talk to a girl than a guy. And then she takes that back to that man. It comes in various ways. But what people know is point shaving, oh, we got to win, lose by two. I'm not about to shoot this shot or make this shot. You know what I'm saying? So I never went to that extent. That's why I said in my case so long. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the case, I had knowledge of the conspiracy. I didn't get charged with point shaving. You know what I'm saying? Why? That, that seems like, like it's very similar to insider trading. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's some it's some New York Times kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> uh, but it's it's like I say, man, uh, it was interesting, uh, it was it was crazy, um, it was breathtaking, whatever word you want to use on the other side of the road, man. I was at the bottom of the brook, and that's when only a spirit can save you, man. So, um, yeah, but it 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 was challenging, man. Like I say, it got, I think I remember my dad, my last day I was going to prison, my dad was like, they got the right son. 
you know, he understood mm-hmm. because I'm here. And that's what brings up this recipe, because without my mom's what she gave me, that gangster and while my dad, he didn't we didn't stay long together, but he gave me morals, values and rules. You know, he, he was firm. He was like, nah, you open that door for that one. You know, it's certain things that I learned through this process. So my time prison game, you know, I think that's why I was able to mentally tap in. I had. I had went through the whole process. I watched my life be taken away from me. I lost everything, contracts, um, women, homies, friends. You know, I lost a lot of, you know, but I found out what was really important through that process. You know, and I was getting closer to God. I was understanding who I am. And I was understanding who I've become. And uh, and watching that little guy, man, you know what I'm saying? He's super dope, man. So, um, and you know, I, I got a relationship with my parents. And that peace I found in them years, shit was priceless, man. So, I don't mean to down people and inspire them all at once, but yeah, I, I just I'm just not the same person I was from when I if you would have caught me and I gave this speech when I was in prison, it would be a little bit more depressing. But right now I'm inspired by God and I'm inspired by everything that's happened. And I don't look at anything as a negative. You get what I'm saying? Um, that's kind of I got to keep it like that because shit, this world whooping our ass. If you're not locked in here and you get caught up in it, it'll drag you, you know, that's true. <laughs> that is true man so you got so much motivation you know and it seems like you know you had to be motivated you know to go through all of that you were motivated through life what was some of your early motivation what was some um, of- uh, like i like i said man i think uh i have the chip on my shoulder saying i want to take care of get my family right you know um i think i know my position in my family where i understand i have to be the savior i think that motivated me without saying it to my family i knew they was dependent on me um, I think uh, I, I talked to my brother. Uh, he's the president of my nonprofit, uh, K Mayo, Karan, uh, and we talked about ambition. And he was just basically saying, um, "That's something you can't train. It's just in you. You know, it's not your fault." You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I get caught up, and, and sometimes even with my lady, I argue because ambition is something that I can't control. This is just in me. I don't know how to stop. You know, at this point, this is this is not something I train for. It's saying get up. I don't, I don't have, I don't set clocks and all that shit. I'm just so in, I'm motivated by something that I can't explain. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I can't stop. I'm so I'm ambitious. You know what I'm saying? That's something you're born with it. You're not trained. You don't get it. It's just something that certain people have. And I feel like in, in God, you know what I'm saying? I feel like between those connections, man, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm really ambitious about just, wow. You know what I'm saying? That's something you're born with. It's not, I'm, I promise you, it's not something you train. I haven't trained for this. Anybody that knows me, man, I, I'm like this. You want, I remember it was so many things going around and I, my family felt like the world was collapsing in a world. And I'm like, and I just, your expectation as far as getting a job, my expectations is saying, man, you were supposed to be this. You know what I'm saying? And I listen to their problems as if I'm like, oh, yeah, they didn't they didn't make the coffee. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm right. like, I'm in prison. You know what I'm saying? So but even with that being said, you would never know. And that's something I'm thankful for, because God gave me the ability to keep my character. There's a lot of people that when they up, they got great character. But when they down, can you keep can, can you be the same person on both coins? You know, and I'm in the middle on both. I've seen the bottom. I've seen the top. And now I'm in the middle. man. And what that definitely I'm a, I'm a- Actually, a good question on this. And so, you know, you've seen the best of two sides. Me, yeah. the best. I'm sorry. Like, so, yeah. in, 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 America, <laughs> in America, it's two things, two systems that's going to train you. It's the judicial system. I mean, Department of Correction, Department of Education. Right. So, one thing that always intrigued me: people that go to the pen, you know, they very, they're proud 
over that. You know, they'd be like, yeah, I did 10 in the pen. You know, yeah, but, but, you know, people that went to college, we're more subtle. You won't know we graduated until yeah. we tell you. you. Say something. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I think it's ignorant. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. So my people never asked me if I graduated or nothing. They threw a party when I was going to prison. I said, y'all, so the mindset, you know, it's simple as I'm just throw that out there. That's I, what I'm, I'm talking about. Off of my family. So when I graduated, not one person said, did you graduate? How did it go? None of that. But when I was going to prison, everybody came together for this gangster party. You get what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you throw a party for my graduation? Surprise me. It should have been the biggest party. You get what I'm saying? And so I am going to say this. Big Mill dropped heaven and hell. And I feel like it was for me. Some people go to college, some people go to jail. You know what I'm saying? And I right. been, and I was I had the I think any any good kids. So I got a nonprofit. I'm not trying to save bad kids. I'm trying to save good kids, right? Good kids in bad situations. Because bad kids don't be bad. They got a passion for it. And anytime you got a passion for something, it's hard to hear somebody. You know what I'm saying? Ambition. Right. Yeah. When you got good kids in bad situations, you can save them. They just need a little direction. You get what I'm saying? So what I believe in those six months, I was, you know, I, I was doing some shit. But them six months in prison gave me an opportunity to see a lot. My story was at the bottom of the totem pole when I got in. You know, it just changed it. And you made it, you you start appreciating certain things. You start, I do appreciate both of my parents. Hey, get all that dumb shit out your mind. You, you, all the emotion you got. Nah, my parents are dope. No matter who they are, because I sat in that prison. I saw these kids at 17 can't get a dollar. Or they ain't got nobody. They really ain't. They really alone in a whole different environment. You get what I'm saying? And um, to for me to get that insight of that world, it's grooved me. And that's why I say I think I'm built. God gave me a cold armor because I went to college. I got an insight of how to own a business, how to uh, articulate myself, how to my manners. It's so many things that I'm telling you. He threw in this pot. And before I'm 30, dude, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. I've been, I've seen him, I've seen a lot before 30. I've been into, I've seen a lot from a different view. Not like, oh, I made a lot of money. And then, you know, it, it wasn't that. It was like, yo, I've seen it. I've seen the bottom bottom. I've, I've been in prison. Like, oh, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was just, it, you know, that insight of both worlds, man, that's crucial. It's crucial. You know what I'm saying? I would say any kid that is on the borderline, they don't need a lot of time. They just need an insight. You know what I'm saying? And if the justice system can understand that, um, I think we'll be better off. You know what I'm saying? It's just different. It's just different. Hey, you got to give a shout out to Shuli. Uh, love Shuli. Free host of speaking. Yo, I love Shuli. Thanks for hanging out. Shuli's man. Shouts out to Shuli. She, uh, she's dominating in Houston right now, man. So, Shout out to Cooley, man. I understand. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. uh, you know, you, you was motivated, you had, you know, was able to uh you know get through uh, your time in the you know in the pen when you got out. Cause see, you know, my when I got out, you know, my first meal, I got out with my first meal. Shout out to Jeans Po Boy. I think they closed it down in New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's a it so you, you were stationed in New Orleans. Yes. Oh, yeah. he was lucky, man. He was lucky. <laughs> he was so, I had uh what LA 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 Hobbs, but okay. So I had a hot sausage po' boy. Oh okay. okay. What was your that, first was meal? that was that was a good day. You know, I'm gonna go back to when they let me out. 
I read this one. I realized I was institutionalized in six months. Right. So I, they let me out. They give you a bit of change. I posted catch the Greyhound. They had me in Yazoo, Mississippi. I don't know why I'm in California. I'm live from Houston. I could have moved around and take they have gun charges. At. Yo, a lot of gun charges. In Yazoo, yeah. So. You know, the Jay-Z and the reform and all that. Yo, yo got it. Mm-hmm. That's where it's at. So <laughs> it was it was bad. They poverty at the highest. So, boom, I get there. I get out. Um, I get to the bus. I'm like, damn, my bus coming about 40 minutes. I'm gonna get some food. It's a church's chicken across the street, right? <laughs> get one of them bottle biscuits. So I get in there. This one I realized I'm institutionalized. I walked up to the to the to the screen, right? Where they got the food to order. I just stare up there. Right? <laughs> Let me show you. Let me show you. The lady is screaming at me, like, sir, what do you want? What do you want? The only reason I that's when I said, oh, I can order, huh? I got a choice. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in prison, you just go and get what you want. Right, right. Oh man. oh, man. Wait, wait. Did the internet stop? Wait. Hello. Hello. He froze up on us. <laughs> oh, man. But hey, that's how it happens, man. But uh, <laughs> that is funny. He was standing up there waiting to be served when he was at uh, Church's Chicken. It's oh, one of the man. small things that you don't really realize until it actually happens. Right, right. You know, exactly. There you go. All right, so, hey, welcome back. Yeah. All right, we we still going. All right, so, All right, so, so hold on, we got uh, Shuli. She said, inspirational story. Thanks for sharing with the STWF fam. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate and he that. froze up again. There you go. <laughs> you, we good? Yes, sir. We good. So, yeah, so I'm up there, the lady like, sir, sir. And then I said, oh, shit, I can order, huh? She said, yeah, baby, don't worry about it. They all come across the street when they get out. She said, you okay, yes, man. She said, it's okay. Your Greyhound go come in a minute, huh? I said, yeah. She said, make sure you get on it. Get your chicken and go over there across the street. I said, yeah. She said, she said, everybody come through here and just stare at the menu. That's how I knew. Because <laughs> we just, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it was man, my journey back, man. When I got out, I got back that night, man, and uh, it tripped me out, man. I had went through a three year situation, and I and I and I lost a lot. I learned a lot. I, I played basketball in prison. I won the championship. Guess who was in prison with us? Who? Young Buck. Young Buck. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, man. I feel bad for Young Buck because that's the homie, man. He got out. We used to be in a barbershop, and he telling us about Master P and everybody, uh, 50 Cent. So, man, we played in the league, man, and that kind of it, – it's kind of like the Daniel story, man. His talent kept him safe. And that was what – that was like my – again, my sanctuary, man. It gave me ability. Uh, you know, in prison, man, whoever the most talented kind of – you okay. You know what I'm saying? And uh, everybody wanted to come out and see me, man. I remember ESPN tried to come in and watch me play on the 14th in the, the Warden Will and Letter. But it was so many people talking about me on the yard from playing. And uh, it just kind of – when, man, spread it like Twitter. I played one game. The next game I come out, the second game, man, everybody was standing out there waiting. You know, it's some people that's out now um, that some of my homies I walked the yard with, man. And so the day I got out the halfway house on ESPN, I rode around the city with ESPN, the magazine, and I did a story with them. So I never told nobody in prison I played pro ball. So some of the homies uh, hit, some, hit me up. It was like, I knew it. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I was punishing them. And they got me in there. So understand this. We train out here. It'd be like 50 jumping jacks. Uh, push-ups. Man, I'm in there doing that 
thousand. I'm all the way up to two thousand. So when I'm in there, I'm like, man, I had game hey. You know, yeah, I'm beasting. I got little midget Colombians on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got I almost got into it with some people because they was like, "Yo, uh, you gotta stay in your car. You can't be in everybody's car." They said they're in prison, like you can't be hanging with everybody. I was with right. the, the the MX sixteen. You know, I'm I'm with the whole nine, and uh, it was it was jumping like that. You know what I'm saying? So, man, that that my talent really opened up that whole situation for me. And when ESPN magazine did the article, they came back and was like, uh, all my homies hit me like, man, I knew you could be, I knew you was doing something different, man. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy, man. It was an experience though. Nice. nice. So one quick question. So, um, what was your motivation behind no script nonprofit? The motivation behind it, man, the level of, um, of life I've reached through my experiences, it just gave me an understanding of there's no way to script anything. My journey, the success I've had, the losses I've had, and I think that's everybody who experienced life. You get to a level of freedom and peace after going through so much where you take expectations off. You start trying to calculate every move. You know, this is relationships. This is life. This is just how you move. And the more you do that, you can appreciate certain things that's going to happen. If I give you if if I had one hundred dollars and you expected that and I don't give it to you, you're going to feel some kind of way. And I can give you that hundred dollars the next day. But the energy you got from the day that you had expected it is still going to leak over and you can't be completely happy the next day. So now I'm in a position where I'm saying, man, after experiencing everything, this 2020 has taught us completely. Yo, you can't control this. <coughs> Kobe died. The guy from uh, 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 Black Panther died. You know, all that kinds of things let you know, like, listen, when Kobe died, everybody like, get close to your family. No, get close to God because they just took Superman. And I tell people that I'm like, yo, if Superman can go, we all up for grabs. Get closer to God. You get what I'm saying? Everybody like, let me call my mama. No, mama is regular. He just took Kobe and nobody think God going to take Kobe. So why in the hell he won't take you? You get what I'm saying? Now we got the pandemic and all these kinds of things. So no script is saying, listen, enjoy your life. Stop putting shit off to five years. No script. Live life. Freedom and peace. My apparel shoot I did the other day, the event, I wanted a celebration because I'm in a standpoint in my life that happiness and peace is key. And I stand on it. I'm willing to die and sacrifice everything because at this point, man, listen, I've seen it. Nobody's doing it right. Nobody. And no matter how you try to script this, who thought Kobe would die like that? Had an amazing story. And no matter how you try to script it, this shit can go any kind of way. Pay attention. You get what I'm right. saying? And that's where no sure. script is. It's like, yo, I'm done scripting this. I got my head down. I'm enjoying it. And I'm going to do as much of my effort. Now, I'm going to work my ass off. I got goals. But for us, if it don't happen, this is not no breakdown. This is saying, hey, it's no script to life. Enjoy your life. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, we calculate, even myself, you know, uh, I like to calculate my steps. But it seemed like what you, you know, what you come to the point where there is no calculating your step. You're going to make this step right. because you're covered. And yeah. you know you're still well, you're not going to worry about that. And so I do have high faith. High faith, high faith, and I, I do. I'm favored, and I'm I'm and I am going to say that to a point where, hey, I I am cocky about my favor. I am cocky on what God has done, and I don't take it, and I don't, and I don't feel bad about it. I am super cocky on God's performance. He has performed. 
and I'm not, and I, and I'm, and I'm cocky about it. He's giving me a whole different confidence after that journey. And I'm watching it. The same people that I went to prison for, I spoke with the FBI. You get what I'm saying? And I watched these kids uh, at the university um, look at me differently because them guys went up there and gave them a PowerPoint. They sit back in their seats like, oh, here we go again. And then I said, they're talking about me. Let me educate you through my experience. So that's another thing from my nonprofit. I'm educating these kids through experience. I say shout out to Master P because he planted a seed in my mind. That was education through experience. I want to give these kids a different experience because talking and showing them that PowerPoint don't get you the same. You know, if you're in the streets, it's different holding that pistol and talking. About you got what I'm saying? So it's just it's just a different I'm trying to offer that to the kids and the youth. And like I say, I know I listen to a lot of speakers and mostly all their stories end with our almost. I almost was home. I almost was this. Now I'm telling you, this is facts. And I'm bringing other stories in. My oldest brother, the president of the, the nonprofit, um, he's been a gangster 24 years. He's changing his life. And it's amazing. You get what I'm saying? And a real gangster. He's been out since 13. When I told you, me, my mom, and my brother, we all separated. He didn't have a father. He went straight to the streets, learned the hardest way. In 24 years, he turned 40. And we threw a celebration for him because he crossed over. You know, it's tough. But at the end of the day, hey, I'm giving I'm going to go give you real stories and my clients is going to be different. I'm going to give you education through experience. I ain't bringing nobody up on the panel talking about what they almost did. Talking about we was eating noodles. Everybody ate noodles. You know, I mean? <laughs> you know I'm not I'm not fascinated with that. I don't want to hear about because I'm trying to reach a different group. I'm not trying to reach the group where we know we got a, the, the middle class. But yeah, tell them they got to get up for work. But what about them gangsters and them kids that saying I ain't got no fucking choice? I know I got to get up. How you motivating me when I know this? Tell me something else. How you going right. to connect with me when I know I have to get up? Not that old, get up, wake up, and, and read a script. I'm already up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What about that group of people that's saying, listen, I ain't got no choice. Talk to me about something else because I'm already ahead of the ambition. Them people are ambition. They just ain't got opportunity. And I'm digging back in the community right now trying to give them opportunity, give them a platform and take the education I got and take everything else that I learned through this journey and give it to them. Wow. <laughs> man, man, for real, for real. So, you know, you had different points in your life. So what was your favorite rapper or your favorite artist? You was locked up oh, with uh, Young Buck. So doing that time. Oh, man. No offense to Young Buck. He's not making that top 50. You know? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> no, no, man, Wayne, Wayne. Uh, I'm going to be honest, in prison, Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin, man. Rain, all those songs, man. man. So I was all, I was all. Yeah. I used to run around. I used to get up. I was training in prison. Get up at six a.m. and start running, man. And I just, man, uh, Lil Wayne, though, Lil Wayne, who's uh, gifting the curse. It's kind of like y'all back in the days, man. Tupac threw y'all, mess y'all likes. That was it. Yeah, man, yeah, so yeah. Different that, that's my social adjustment. Yeah. That, that's yeah, yeah. That's all that era. See, my brother was a big fan, and I know that was that brought a different breed out. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, Lil Wayne was kind of made the world cool to be gangster. He messed some shit up because now you get substance has been taken out because of Lil Wayne. You get what I'm saying? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. that's it, right? I'm about to say, man, I couldn't think of it, I couldn't think of it, but that's it right there. Um, Melodies from heaven. Yeah, man. Um, uh, and then I heard that Tasha Cobb in there, man. Uh that um oh, God Lee, her newest song. Um, I heard that song in there when I was in prison. I remember going to church in prison, and man, you you ain't seen church until you in prison. Church <laughs> because it's the, it's it's where the Lord is 
He's one deeper than that's way deeper than they would understand because that's he's. I mean, that's the world of that's 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 a whole different level. You know what I'm saying? Like people out here working, you got church people that really don't know, but ain't nothing like the sin. The sin, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, humbled yeah. at that point. Different culture. Humbled at that point. It's different because he ain't wanted that. I mean, I, well, oh, man, right. it's a whole different culture in there. It's right. different. And when you get in there and you talking to murderers and killers and they sitting there saying, God, you don't even know why they saying save me. I mean, you do to a certain extent, but it's two different breeds. Different, right. and I don't and I and a sad thing, America has put them locked them animals up because they take chances. That's why Pac say, um, you never realize the pressure time that bitch niggas is wasting because it mean that it's these kids that's in prison, they just took a chance for their life. You get what I'm saying? And you got people out here saying, No, I'm I'm good. I mean, I don't want you to do wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't respect people killing and robbing, but I'm saying you go take a chance and hey, I'm gonna look at you different. I just learned a lot about life. These people taking the chances for their families. You know what I'm saying? Like your cars are your cars. I don't care how them people felt about me at that school because you don't know my cars. Y'all was given a seven spoon. I'm surviving. I'm not thinking about school. This is my life. You get what I'm saying? So when I got in that prison, it just gave me a different view. Them kids just took risks. Because they say I don't want to be poor no more. I'm not mad mm. at a man saying I don't want to be poor. Now I don't, I don't, I don't uh, support the killing and all that. But a man taking chances, man trying to feed his family, your heart in the right place, you just caught up. But at the end of the day, man, it's just, it's just different. You get what I'm saying? So, um, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of different things, man. Uh, but Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, <laughs> Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, who who uh, changed our culture. Uh, like I say, uh, he made it cool to be a gangster. Took the substance out of the game, but um now everybody looks like a win you know you don't have to have substance <laughs> you, don't, you know what i'm saying like everybody looks like him um you don't have to have substance back then it meant something to be on isb and it meant something to get a scholarship everybody gets it even the designer has uh uh lowered his value you know what i'm saying you wear gucci it mean not everybody has it you know what i'm saying so it's just it's just up in the air you can be in your living room uh, I know my son loves these youtube people and i'm just like what have they done they just play yeah. games and i'm saying hey you know what I'm saying? Like, let me tell you my story. You should be in here. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I tell my son the same thing. I'm like, look, back in my days, yeah. I used to go in Walgreens and steal old things, those sheets out the out the magazine. The you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just watching it on TV. No, nah, yeah. that's a cop yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, our life's a reality, and they paying the people that's faking. You know what I'm saying? Like, pay me. This is my real life. I should be a billionaire. But you're paying people that's going on TV with a script faking. It's not reality TV. Come to real reality TV and pay them people. There's some people out there with some amazing stories. Right now, I got a, uh, a show called No Script. A show No Script. And we're doing the most amazing stories and the worst stories. I'm interviewing a homeless guy because I think he has an amazing story just because how did you get here? I think everybody want to know. When you see a man that's homeless, he's like, is he lying or what? How did he get here? And I'm intrigued by it, you know? But I'm also doing the best stories, too. But I also think um, some of the greatest worst stories teach you some of the greatest lessons, you know? So I'm not against anything. But that's why I like is no script because, um, excuse my French, fuck your rules. You know, we live in with no script. You know, I don't want to live by the norm. Wow. You know, it's funny because I say something similar. I was like, you know, there's people that follow the rules, there are people that make the rules, and there's people that change the rules and that they make the rules behind. I feel like that's who I am. One that they change the rules and they make the rules behind. So, uh, man, I'm with you on that. So good. So good. Uh, you know, good points. But. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, you can't, okay. get, you can't get rid of us that easy. I'm all in, man. Y'all got me. Y'all got all my attention. <laughs> so, Coach, <laughs> you got anything before we uh, get up out of here? 
I sure you know I do. So I got a couple of questions for you. You know, I'm here to listen to this great story that you're telling us, man. Mm -hmm. Got me intrigued. My partner was ragging on me all the time, but like, hey, man, you're paying too much attention to the story. But hey, if it's a good story, it's a good story. You good? But a couple of key things that I got out of this whole interview, and it's been amazing by far. So, you know, the biggest thing that I know that I hear, and you know, as far as talking points, and I think it's something that. And I'm not going to make it a race thing, but at the end of the day, it is. It's a cultural thing. And I think what's missing, especially, especially young black men in America, nobody really shows us how to do things. They don't educate. You know, we're always told, don't cry, don't show emotions, a sign of weakness. So when we get hit with that adversity, all we know how to do is to react with aggression. Yeah. And and it's a curse. We don't have a... Um, You don't. So, you know, you know, the biggest thing I got out here as far as, you know, planting the correct seeds, I think that's an amazing concept. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to, it can be somebody like in your situation, they didn't know what was going on at home. Right. But your principal noticed yeah. because yeah. she was, that, you know, she was able to see the signs. That. I need to step in here and give this child his blessing. Yeah. And that blessing is an investment on your life because yeah. Yeah. that's a chapter in your, in your book of life that you can go back to and you know how it impacted your life, you know, and being able to influence the young lives and a lot of people, I get tired of hearing it, you know, athletes get paid too much money. It's not just that nobody, if you got a professional athlete, nobody like in your case knew the story and the journey that they sacrifices they made to get to that point. So in my my mind, retirement check, man, I went, it is, it is 25 years, giving your whole body to something. Give me a a pension, ma'am. You worked there 20 years and you expect a retirement check. I just gave Mm. 25 years to the game. Give me something. And I, and I also would push that. If a kid do four years in college, give him a check somewhere. We're going to circle everything. back around to that. I got yeah, something for that. Like, come on, man. Give me a retirement <laughs> check, bro. Because you just gave four years of your life to these people. And then they just say, some people don't go to the, to the league or get a chance to go make money. They say the education. We all know at this point, man, education is about net. I mean, this is about networking. It's plenty of people that I know sitting on their ass but know somebody and get a great opportunity. So at the end of the day, man, I don't even look at college like that. It's just a new world. College for me is just, man, go to college to network. They bring you back to the classroom just so you can settle down from partying. But overall, man, you just got to go get a certificate. If you ain't about to go, go get a certificate, get in this world early so you have an opportunity. Because if you don't go network, man, you're going to lose. There's plenty of people out here with no education, but they know somebody. And they got the gift of gab. Teacher, they put you in statistics and logic. Teach me not to t- put a damn credit. They don't, the government's so controlled, but they don't give you no credit class because they want you to spend the money. You get what I'm saying? Bingo. Like, give Bingo. me a credit class in high school and teach me about credit. Why them classes not, you know, put in put in the system? Mm-hmm. Logic and statistics. I ain't thought about that shit since I did it. You get what I'm <laughs> give me something. Give me something that's gonna be beneficial to my future. You know what I'm saying? Anything like that, the government don't want to give it to you because they want you to keep pouring that money in. But that's a side note. Wait, you know hold on to that point. Wait, you got a good point because I like my, my first job. I was a teacher, and yep. with the this is the craziest thing. So we had it was a distinguished educator. And so mm-hmm. she's like uh, the GM of store. You know, you got a couple stores in the area, you know, mm-hmm. different different areas. Right. So I taught at Valina C. Jones. So our standardized test was elite. I think out here is the stars in, in mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. So we had to prepare our kids. What you know, we um, the school board, they gave us a syllabus. So it was like English, you know, mathematics, uh, science. We knew right. that. So we had to prepare them for that. Right. So 
we had to prepare them off of this. So this white school who is is Bonable, that's the name of the school, is Bonable. So the, these teachers, like these teachers had the exact test. You heard that? Me yeah, in they, the school they, they in, in state two failing, you know, in state two of state takeover, we had to prepare our kids for math. So we we prepared our kids. One plus one is two. They got that. They get to this leak. They say the train leave the train station at seven o'clock. Yeah. Going at seventy five miles an hour. Now mind you, half these kids can't read. Can't. Yep. So they yep. already Need. failed that. Need. But these kids, but these kids in Bonneville, in this whole different culture, these teachers had the test, so they're going to be able to pass it because they got the exact they, answer. The they're going to have better test scores. They're going to have Yo. a better alumni Yo. because it's set up for them and look, and then to they be a They say it's our fault. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. When I got to University of San Diego, the separation of what I learned and what these kids knew. Man, it was it was completely. I could tell the difference between having money and being at these private schools, and their common sense was low. But the poor is the poor is uh, that school what they thought they needed. You get what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it's it was two different things. And I know so many people that's you just not you just we just not gifted in that world, man. It's just we, we're behind. And it's a video out that speaks volumes. I don't know if y'all saw it, but they start the kids off all on one line. You ever seen that? No. So I'm, I'm gonna break the story down. So it's a white guy that's the coach and he said when a hundred dollars whoever win the race right they're all sitting on this line all different coaches but he said before y'all run i want whoever who whoever this question pertains to take two steps forward and he said i've seen that two parents you saw it yep yep i've seen that the most direct cool man, it's, it's in black and white literally at their point. home it was and, and, and everything he said. If you got two parents, take two steps forward. If you only had one parent, took two steps forward. If you if something was paid for, you take two steps. When they look, he said, "Now they they all walked up. It was so many people close to the edge, to the end of the uh, to the end of the race already, and they haven't even started racing. Just two steps every time it connected to your store. And then wow. they said, he said, "Now take a uh, turn around and look back. All the black kids were standing on the line. Yep. And he said this. He said, hey. he said, you see why." Y'all ahead. He said, only reason why y'all be winning is because y'all start off so ahead of the of the game. You get what I'm saying? It was if the video was crazy, you gotta check it out. So everybody's yeah, really ahead of the game already. All those people that we we just start late. And he said, he said, mm -hmm. now I'm gonna let y'all run. They ran the race right and finished. He said, and they still almost catch y'all. Mm -hmm. Man, that's powerful. That's, that's dope. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's just a crazy story, but he did it so dope where it was just like, and they still almost catch y'all, even with y'all being so ahead of the game, which your parents gave you all this money and all that. It's not y'all better than us. It's just we start so far back. And by the time we catch y'all, shit, we exhausted. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we, we just sometimes, you know, some people are running a great race. They just like, man, I had to work my ass off to come so far to even get up here. Fact. No, I don't feel like fighting with the president because I'm mm. tired. The, the fact that I'm even at this point, yeah. shit, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> right, let's celebrate this. <laughs> but hey, shout out to Shuli. She said that's the privilege test. That might be the reason why we didn't vote because we said, man, I gotta pay attention to this shit that's going on. <laughs> like, but um, but yeah, man, you you exactly right, man. Um, I think uh, the education system is. It's, it's tough if you're not financially gifted because, and especially with this new world, man, this new world about to eat these kids alive. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like you say, everything's going to subscribe and things like that. You got to mm -hmm. know how to be marketing and digital and all these things, man. Just right. imagine all the kids that's 
I know in my area, A Leaf and things like that, man, they don't have computers. You know what I'm saying? And if they like got computers, they don't have fast area. internet. Huh? If they have computers, they don't have the internet to support the you know the online learning. Man, it's so, a hot spot. It's tough. Aren't they fun? Exactly. Exactly. So I got I've got one last question for you. So mm -hmm. if you had to go before whoever the decision maker was as far as NCAA players being compensated for their contributions to the game. Mm -hmm. What would be your selling point? We are professional college athletes. Pay us. Not a college athlete. We are professional college athletes. That changes the game. You get what I'm saying? We are put in position at the same level as these other people. Yeah. We're playing our ass off. We're selling. We're making hella money for these people. That's for the school, the for the, the coaches. It's the mafia. That's a mafia. <laughs> It is. I agree. Mm -hmm. That's the most, you know. How would you not pay these babies? And some of these people know these babies are starving. You put us in a system of man. I'm on scholarship looking for the loans. Why? Yep. Yep. Now I'm now I get out. I, I don't get an opportunity, and I'm still behind. Come on, man. This is a system made. Teach me credit. <laughs> I'm saying, put that in the school system, and then right. we until that happened, man. Until they start implementing classes that actually teach us something. Man, it's, it's you already set up for failure. You set up. You know, I I was talking to a, um, a teammate of mine earlier from college. Mm -hmm. He's on a full ride. You no, know, I'm sure my age a little bit, but he was telling me and just came up in casual conversation. He was getting like I think he said like four hundred and forty dollars a month, and that was only because he was married at the time. But he said, but after he paid for rent, bills, and uh, electricity, gas, he said after that I'd have no money. I got I got to eat. But he out here on Saturday nights going touchdowns. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm sleeping everywhere. Um, I mean, it's just a I man. I could tell you stories for days how that plays out. Um, it's just, it's crazy from that standpoint. But like I said, I think we're professional um, college athletes, and I think LeBron and them are on the right track. Um, everything that I'm preaching, man, is for the the other students that's going through. I was, I was homeless in college. I shouldn't be. I was the number one player in California. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm on the NBA boards and all these kinds of things, and no way I should be sleeping on couches, starving. I'm out there selling drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't be in, I shouldn't be provoked to put in this position. I'm not. I'm, I'm selling tickets. I'm doing everything. You know what I'm saying? So, um, from that standpoint, man, you got to give them because now, um, as you see the results, I'm intrigued by somebody telling me, "Listen, five thousand dollars if you do this." Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when you right. look at it from that standpoint, okay, um, if you do want to reduce the level of the, the chances or the integrity of the game or the level of somebody actually throwing games, if these kids won't do that, $5,000 won't sound good when your life is good. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Right. When you're on the right. way of graduation, you say, man, I got all this shit. I got the world depending on me. Man, what you got? And then we born in that world. Shit, we ain't far from it. We understand it. By the time a gangster articulates some gangster shit to me, I understand that. I just got to make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The percentages are high of me doing it because I'm putting this this poverty position. I'm at the richest school in the country. Shit, I ain't pulling up in no family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So now what I do, and then I'm a gangster. So I'm telling them that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not y'all, and they don't implement nothing to make you un to help them understand. Like, yo, where you come from? That's why mental health is so aggressive right now. You get what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That's why they because it's real. Because you don't know what you're going through, and like you said, as babies, we taught to hold that shit in and keep moving. That's deadly. That's that's poison in your system that you're keeping in. That's why therapy. White people go to therapy, and we get it. I get it. I understand it now because it do work. You vent. It you does. Out. It's therapeutic. 
You know what I'm saying? This public speaking has been therapeutic for me. It helps me get through what I'm going through. I'm not knowing it, but I see the advantages of letting certain things out and not holding it in. You know what I'm saying? So for these kids that don't have that outlet, don't have that platform, man, what you doing? They just want wow. you to go perform and not pay for it. I remember uh, Napier from UConn was uh, eating goddamn jelly sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and he's he's he just won the player of the year or the the tournament. Come on, man, it's it's, it's insane. Chris Webber, he was at Michigan. Zion. Yeah. Wow. Man, you gotta pay Zion. You not gonna pay a Zion? I sh- come on, man. <laughs> they, they probably getting paid, but some. Have you heard? Uh, have you watched the scheme? No. Uh, with Christian Dawkins on HBO. Check it out, and we'll talk. The scheme, okay. HBO. Christian Dawkins. Man, this is good, man. This has been good. This is real good. I apologize. I'm emotionally unbalanced right now. No need to apologize, <laughs> man. We, we bring it to your real, man. man. <laughs> I'm, I'm studying these coaches, man. I, like I said, I've been on a, a lot of different sides, man. And I'm just trying to bring it to a head. And I'm learning. I'm reading. I'm learning. I'm watching everybody that's moving. And, so, and everything's in your face. You know what I'm saying? So um, forgive me. I'm, I'm locked in. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, hey. Motivation, no brother. Exactly. Yeah. He says, stay woke. Some song like that. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> No, I'm, just <laughs> so, I'm gonna ask you this. You know, it's a, a little controversial political question. So, uh, you know, you being a felon and you being an educated man, how do you what is your take on felons regaining the right to vote? Oh man, that's that's real because, um, my family been preaching to me, Have you voted? You know, I'm like, I'm a felon, and I definitely think, sadly, if you let us vote. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna make a difference because it's yep. so many of us, and what they know is, it's it's more of y'all out in there than out here, damn near. You know what I'm saying? So just imagine if they do allow that, because I can't vote. I got to go through this process of voting now. You know what I'm saying? Which mm-hmm. I mean, you could, but it's 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 a lose lose, man. Even from the it job sucks. aspect, it's yeah, it's, it's a lose lose. Like, you paid your debt to society. Why are you holding that against me? And then they're not reading, and then sadly these people not even reading what you did they see the title felon Mm -hmm. and they put you in this box now they put you in this box i try to start my after school program just a side note and the lady was like hey you're a felon i'm like man my felon is dealing with basketball non-violent start an after school (laughs) program for these kids and sadly the people that went through that's most experienced in some shit that these kids need our community need these people won't give us the jobs and they need us. Who's better to teach mm-hmm. these kids and inspire them than people that's actually went through it? You can't yep. go sit in front of that kid and say, I know what you're going through when you're going home to your your mansion. They're mm. not going to connect. I watched it. When I say I gave my story to them kids, them kids set up in their seats at them universities, Louisville and Oklahoma, because wow. I'm attached. I'm connected. I got the same energy. You know I grinded like you. And then you got them other men, them FBI agents coming there saying, and this is what will happen if you do this. Man, get mm-hmm. that PowerPoint off. Right. It's right. different. And the felons right now with that title, man, is tough. And I'm mine's is on a lower scale, so I could imagine what the people that's real so-called criminals, uh, what they going through, man. You know what I'm saying? All right. Hey, shout out to you. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you, man. Shout out to everyone that's working, like for real. I appreciate it, baby. Felt this, man. Felt this one. We might get so, a sponsor for y'all. 
Hey, that's day off black. You know. <laughs> no, shout out to Starbucks. We gonna we gonna send this to Starbucks. <laughs> so, so we know you already started. We know the closing. You got any shout out? Shout out to Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks might sponsor our next. Year. We might have a breakfast event, man. Where hey, man, let's do it. In the city, man. We got a link, man. I got it. That's I gotta it with y'all. Yeah. That's Paul. My saying is all about networking because yeah, our network definitely, definitely. is your net worth. Yeah. So, shout out to Shirley, man, for making this happen, man. She's super dope for that. Yeah, shout out to her. That's family right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. man. But I, I, I enjoyed y'all, man. Um, it, it was dope, man. I hopefully we can catch back up. We can do uh, something else, man, where we can connect and uh, maybe we can oh, have y'all on the no script show, man. Already. Hey, man, you don't want no script, I believe it, boy. I'm telling you, look, I'm warning you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, y'all thought y'all was gonna get out of this without signing up. Nah, we subscribe <laughs> <Damn>. email. <laughs> hey, 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 let me. See I can only imagine what that's gonna look like. like. Sending you too many emails. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she would have said her pleasure. Appreciate it. you know you're super dope, but yeah, man, it's just you know that's how it is when kingdoms uh, link up, man. Like you know we got a kingdom over here, you got a kingdom over there. It's both they're both thriving, and we're both. You know focus on helping you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so you know that's Get what we're back, doing man. exactly yeah. that's all that's all yeah. it's about you yeah. know yeah. so uh because for a long time you know you know i grew up a taker you know what i'm saying no matter if you be like you know what i'm giving you this hundred dollars no i'm finessing you out of that yeah. hundred dollars yeah. yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah. Yeah. so i understood how to keep things and you know and how to keep things and sustain things you know you can't be like that you know what i'm yeah. saying you got to be yeah. a giver yeah. Yeah, everybody so, wants to hold on to their little thing, man. And sadly, if you're not whole and a billionaire, man, your shit not work that much. Give that, give them jewels away, man. And that's how I feel. Yes. Uh, I'm giving every with my nonprofit and my events and my foundation, man. I'm just giving entrepreneurs the opportunity to put their stuff on a platform. And um, I think it, it works out, man. I think the, that's the dopest part about offering back and giving back, man. And what you guys are doing, reaching out to these kind of stories and giving us a platform to share. Man, you guys, uh, I commend you guys, man. That's that's God's work, so I appreciate you, fellas. You got me all teary. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Video, give me all emotion. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to leave it there. I ain't going to leave it. But that's, I'm like, y'all couldn't see me, but I was in here singing. Like, Look, I see he had no Tyrese. He was doing that cold, cold. Look at that Tyrese on the backstage. We see But uh, hey, this dude, Uncle Leroy, man, we had a great interview with uh, Brandon Johnson from Houston, man. Definitely look him up, follow him. We got some big things going. No script, nonprofit. Uh, Coach Lee, before we get up out of here, you got any shout outs? Hey, Brandon, man, appreciate you again tonight, brother. Definitely enjoyed it. Looking forward to linking with you on, on something in the future. Shout out to everybody that hung around. This is, I think, probably one of our longest interviews. But it was, uh, I mean, it was Hey, no need no, to it apologize. Was, it was good. It was just what it was. Yeah, That's yeah, a testament to what you brought tonight. Exactly. Yeah, no exactly. offense to our previous people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, wait, nah. wait, you see nah. him keep me politically correct? You see that? Nah, <laughs> you, see, you ain't getting They about to call in on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Mm, okay. Exactly. Twenty-three well, minutes and you stop me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're running out of time, but I'll no. be thirty. I'll be. We but good, brother. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. Definitely going to continue to follow you. I'm looking forward, you know, to see how you change people's lives, especially our youth. 
man. That's yeah. the that's the most important thing because we already know how you know why we're at where we're at now. But in order to make up that gap in that privilege test, we're making those investments now so they can take that, use yeah. that, and then bring it to their family. And that's how the legacy starts. Yeah. Yeah. I always want to leave people with this, man, to all the viewers and everybody out there, man. Make sure you guys finish your story. Make sure you guys finish your journey because somebody's going to need it. Bow.